0: il faut What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Winning the World podcast. It's your host, John and Hazel.
1: What's up, everyone? I'm personally really excited for this episode because we have my longtime friend and the maid of honor at our wedding, Abby Friedrich in the house. Say what's up, Abby. Hi. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Abby Friedrich. Okay. Yeah, so we got Abby Friedrich today on the podcast, which is really cool because we're actually filming this podcast or record this podcast outside of their house. I mean, so we have like a nice like scenic view. In their backyard. In their backyard. So you can hear birds chirping, little nature sounds, <laughs> hopefully. If not, I'm going to add them in there so it sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so we've been, we've been for the podcast kind of slacking um, just because we've had stuff going on and then for uh, the last like two, the last podcast um, for Mateos, it was really hard to edit and like push everything out because there was stuff I was learning and I was also doing other stuff (laughs) with work and a a bunch of things so it kind of put a hold on us being able to push out content and all the things we were kind of talking about in like the in the video we posted on Instagram but we're trying to get back on it now so this is like a, a fresh start and also a fresh season season two of the winning the world podcast which is really cool
1: yeah so Today with Abby. If anybody knows Abby, everybody knows that she loves Ghana. So (laughs) we're gonna talk a little bit about missions and her heart for missions and where her heart posture is at after going on a missions trip, multiple missions trips, especially to Ghana. So, do you want to start off or?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we see it throughout the Bible a lot. You know, like people who go and evangelize and go into these these different places but for you how does it feel you know for the first time I went with you but going to Ghana like your first time did you have any expectations on how it was going to be going out was it your first mission trip like out of like third world country type
2: so I went to a mission trip in Mexico one year the youth went during Christmas to bring shoe boxes to the kids and that was really culture shock for me I think I was like 12 or 13 I was really young and we went to, like, really, really, really poor squatters areas, like, brutal. They were living on the dumps of the city. And so I kind of thought that was what I was expecting when I went to Ghana. I was kind of expecting what you think when you think of Africa, you know? Like, <laughs> low-key, I was thinking elephants, like, <laughs> hippos, <laughs> giraffes. um, But also, like, I feel like I really expected it to be, like, bad, bad. I know it sounds horrible, but it's like... When you think of Africa, you think of, like, dirt, safari, right? No yeah, water. You think
1: of, like, those those uh, commercials where it's, yeah. like,
2: help the children in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, don't get me wrong, there's definitely places like that. And we were able to go to places like that. But um, it had been a long time since my dad had been. And they had progressed a lot. And so I think it was kind of shocking. I wasn't expecting it to be as, like, I don't know. The people are – I mean, it's not what you think of when you think of Africa – initially but um yeah at first I was kind of nervous I mean I know what to think like they tell you that all they're gonna have is outhouses everywhere and like made out of wood and dirt and like uh I'm not trying to do that I never did it (laughs) let me tell you but um I mean I was it was culture shock for sure I will say like you're like oh shoot we are in Africa but it wasn't like movie blended where it's just like some african beautiful (laughs) like safari animals no ghana doesn't have any animals they have monkeys and like dogs and cats and chickens and goats
0: i do want to say they do have animals but they're usually on a stick fried oh my god God. (laughs) 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 yeah they're kebabs like when we went the first time i think i had like four or five like goat kebabs because they were just (laughs) selling on the side of the street I paid the price later, but, dude, they were so good. <laughs> oh, they're disgusting. They were <laughs> so I good. I the goat. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, I, it was for me, it was a culture shock, too. But what were some things that, like, you were, I mean, you kind of said the things that, you know, surprised you were, like, oh, it's not really like this and like this. But what about when it came to, like, the worship of the people and all that stuff? Oh, what God did you, man. what was? did you expect? And then what did you see?
2: Um. I mean i feel like i expect i've seen videos like my dad's gone for years ever since i was a little girl so like i've seen videos of like them dancing and waving their like rags in the altar you know and and i wanted to experience it so bad i've been wanting to go to, to africa in general but ghana for a very long time because like i remember one year when i was like turned nine my dad was actually there on my birthday and was like sending us videos and stuff and i've always wanted to go and so when this opportunity opened up it was just like oh i need to go and I think the, wor- like, you see the videos of the worship and it's like, oh my gosh, like, this is insane. Like, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. But when you're there, it's a whole another experience because it's just like you feel what they're feeling. Yeah. Like, you feel, like, the zeal and, like, the energy. And it's just like, it's it's not, it's contagious, that's for sure. Like, you're in there and you're like, I know why they're doing that. Yeah. yeah. But it's spectacular. My God.
1: Yeah. I mean, from for me, like, you guys have both have gone to Ghana, but I was, like, on the other side, just looking at all the videos and seeing everything you guys were doing, and I remember, like, getting sent pictures of you, like, with all the little kids, you and Hannah, I think Lulu, and, like, everybody, like, all the girls, you guys were, like, surrounded by the kids, and you guys were, like, praying over these women, and I was, like, being in that place, I was, like, I can't be there, but, man, I'm praying for them, and I'm seeing, like, so much growth spiritually in you guys there and I was like dang I'm so proud of my friends like I, I remember the people who were here like Andrew and like I don't know who else was here <laughs> um we were like dude like did you see what they are doing like that's so awesome like aren't you just so proud of them like this is crazy so a little bit more on you know your heart over there because I remember when you came back you're like oh my gosh my heart is in Ghana and even even recently you um spoke at the church about your letter that you wrote when you came back so i just want to like talk about how you said that the compassion that they had over there was like so contagious and i just want to ask like how did that heart posture transform you coming back here
2: okay so the first when i first went to school when i was 15 um We had just found out my mom had breast cancer in June, and Elevate Conference was July, and the next week I was leaving for Africa in August, and so it was a shock to my whole family. Like, we were very shaken up. Uh, My dad, my brother Jordan, and I were all going to Africa, and it was going to be falling on, like, my mom's second chemo. I think it was her second. Elevate Conference was on her first, and then, yeah. So, leaving to go to Ghana was not easy, like, Mm. um... Number one, I've never been to Africa, and I'm 15, so I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to Africa. And then number two, like, my mom's losing her hair while I'm gone.
1: Yeah.
2: And, like, my dad was gone. I know he, like, he thought about not going, too, but my mom basically told him, like, you're going because she's always wanted to go, and you're taking your kids to Africa mm-hmm. type thing.
1: Yeah.
2: And so, um you know, it was hard for all of us because Jordan and I had no idea what to expect, and then you kind of feel guilty because you're like, I'm leaving her in, like, this fight. Yeah. For, like, 10 days. And she's going to experience all these nasty side effects and all this stuff. She's going to be by herself at home with her mom.
1: Yeah.
2: And we're no, no one's going to be home in the house with her. And so it was hard. And um, we went. And I remember driving to the airport. And I was crying in the backseat trying to, like, conceal it so my dad wouldn't see. Because it was just, like, <laughs> I wanted to go so bad, but I felt so bad about it. Yeah. And so, I mean, we were in Ghana. They knew everything that was going on. And I think what really, like, connected me to the people to this day that's just a little bit deeper was um one of the last days of our trip, or like halfway through, was actually my mom was going in for chemo, and it was like mm-hmm. early morning here, but there it was like end of day. We were all packed in this little dingy little like bus, like party bus looking thing, <laughs> trying to go to like a tourist attraction or something, and um like everybody was loading into the car. It was kind of chaotic, and Pastor Eric, like he's a really quiet man. Mm-hmm. He's really like he's like my grandpa. Like he's very quiet, but he's very like. Wise, yeah, you know, and he just stops everyone and is just like, Carrie's going in for her second round of chemo right now. We all need to pray for her right now. And we I was just like, Whoa, what? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? And so, I remember, um, everybody in the van, it was huge. Like, we had 18 people, so like, Jordan was on one end of the van, my dad's in the middle, I'm in the front, and like, every group of person or people around us would like laid hands on us, and we all started praying. And, um, I was crying to like the girls around me because I was just like, what the heck? Like, I've always known Pastor Eric, but I've never known Pastor Eric. Like, it's always like, he'll come and like my grandpa's friend. Oh, he's my friend from Africa. But it was never like, I know him. But like that moment, I was just like, like his son was literally had his hand on me praying for me while he was leading the prayer. And it was just like this whole full circle thing where it's just like, dude, like these people have our backs and we don't even realize that. And I grew up hearing that. In church, my mom grew up in the Philippines, so she's super pro-missions, like, mm-hmm. she says the same thing about people in the Philippines. My dad, obviously, I, I hear it, but I never see it. You're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're family, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, like, they they knew everything that was going, they were following everything on all of our social medias, like, they were invested in our fight, and um, I think that really shook me. I think that's why I'm so, like, connected to, like, Pastor Eric and his family, because it was just, like, that was, like, not a time in my life. I feel like I was the, always the pastor's kid that was just, like, there and always involved, obviously. But it was never, like, I don't ever, I never felt like I had a need that I felt like I needed to, like, get on my face and fight. Yeah. Like, with the word of God. And, um, like, those two months before I left it gone, I was just shaken up because, like, obviously we get this diagnosis. I go to Elevate Conference, and I'm, like, wrecked. It was, like, the first time I ever, like, literally 15 years old, grew up in the church. My dad's the pastor my whole life. Yeah. And that conference was the first time I ever, like, lifted my hands in worship. Dang. Yeah.
1: Oh. I didn't even
0: know that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that either.
2: And I, that, I remember my parents were, like, shaken up about it because, like, they framed a picture <laughs> of me in the altar Elevate Conference <laughs> with my arms open. It's so cringe. I think it's in their room, dude. But, um, like... That I was just, there was a lot going on yeah. in my life spiritually right before I went to Ghana. And I think once I got to Ghana, it just blew up. Yeah. Honestly, from then, it, I just never looked back.
0: I mean, do you feel like it was a it was a moment or opportunity for you to really act in faith? Like, the whole time you were there, like, dude, like, I don't know how it's going to turn out for my mom. Like, like, God, I'm just believing you. I'm going to serve you. Like, do you feel like that pushed you even more with your walk with God?
2: Yes. A thousand percent. Because my dad does not play games on mission trips like and I wasn't really speaking that much like I was barely really getting like full throttle into the youth and stuff Mm -hmm. it was just kind of that period where like you're just kind of on fire out of nowhere yeah and um we get to Ghana and we split up in a group of like one two four of us left the whole group and we went to this other city which is like like very rural 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 (laughs) and um (laughs) On our way there, we, like, stopped with Pastor Eric to this people. These people were having a church, like, in a storefront. And it was just on this whole street. Like, their garage thing was rolled up, and they were just having a church service. In Ghana, they don't use speakers like we use speakers. Any speaker is all the way to the top no matter what. So you are just being hammered in your ears by these screaming worshipers. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, (laughs) I wonder where they are. You can find them from miles away. And I think that's why they do it. (laughs) Yeah. But, um we show up this is our first experience ever in a church after we got off that airplane and there's just a swarm of people in this on this road sticking out of this garage and they had a full sermon and in Ghana when you go from America they view you like oh my gosh you need to pray for me you I need a touch from you when it's just kind of like you have to like steer them away from that and more of just like you know we're gonna believe God for you yeah and um it's funny because they they're so respect receptive and responsive of you as a missionary mm-hmm. but when you're as the missionary i feel like you just get so shaken up by their faith yeah that they're the ones really ministering to you and i remember there was just crowds of people and they were just like oh like you need to pray for these people so then we just went up to these people and it's the first pictures i ever posted in ghana and we prayed there's a woman who like was infertile and so we were like praying that she would pray that was a picture with me and handle holding her mm-hmm. um and it's just like all these different things you know you just they're just so desperate, and it's a desperation you don't see in the states. Yeah. And yeah, like that from that was like one of the first nights I was there. You're laying hands on people you've never even seen, like freaking praying, and it's like it shakes you up because it's just like I would never be the person to go up to a random stranger and be like, "You need to pray for me because I'm infertile,"
1: you know? <laughs> yeah. But they're they just they they really believe in the power of God. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a faith that's like hard to find here in the U.S. Yeah. Because I think we have everything, like, so accessible. And it's, like, with, like, medicine, talking about 100%. anything that's, like, sickness or anything with the body. Then people are, like, well, why don't you just go to the doctor? Yeah. Even if even if you have faith. And then Like, the first response is, a lot of the times, oh, well, just go to the doctor, get it checked out. And not, yeah. hey, believe for God. Believe in God for this healing. Like, believe that he can do it. You've seen him do it before. He can do it again. You know? And... Whenever I go on a mission trip, wherever that may be, like, i am that's something that I'm excited to experience for myself because I've been in a room full of, like, faith-filled people like that, but also not like that, you yeah. know, <laughs> because it's still here. The culture is very different here in America than third-world countries. And like you said, like, just videos I've seen, the stories that I've heard, they are very receptive to, very. like everything that you have to share about like what what god has done in your life and they're they believe it for themselves like like immediately yeah and i think that's something that you can take away like leaving a place like that and coming back here and it's kind of hard because i remember like you guys were all like that you were like well believe god you know we're on fire we know god can do it we've seen him do it and then being here, not experiencing that, it was a little bit more difficult to be like, yeah.
2: yeah. I totally felt that. I, there was definitely a, like, a shift like between the people who didn't go and people who did go where it was just like, okay, well, we need to bring this to them. Like yeah. that kind of was our mentality, I feel like,
1: but yeah. Yeah, and, and it's hard to like integrate that, but it's so worth it oh, because yeah. you see the growth, like especially if you're a young person going and coming back to a youth group and bringing that with you, man, like, what we did after that. Exactly, yeah. It was crazy, like, the way we were all on fire for God, all united as one body. Like, we were never like that before. No. And it was just, like, such a transformation. So It was.
0: Uh, it was really cool. I mean, I guess, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I was on both sides of it, especially when you guys, after the— no, when you guys went again the second time, yeah. I was really bummed I couldn't go. I was like, man, that sucks. Like, I want to go. I want to go see all my friends out there and stuff. But <laughs> um, back to the, you know, the first time and kind of her talking about when we, you know, when we came back, how, how was it when you came back? Like, how did you feel towards everything?
2: I feel like that was really full circle for me. I feel like I needed that. Um, there was just, there's people that I got to see that there was this one woman on there, I forget, came up to me couple first days into the trip I went to my dad was speaking at church it was just me and Sam with him and this woman comes up to me she's holding this baby and she's like you prayed that I would get pregnant with this baby you prayed that I would get pregnant with this baby oh my and, gosh um, I actually came across this picture of Hannah praying over this woman's stomach and holding her baby she had like a she had like a like a one-year-old baby I'll never forget it. she had this w- like weird ponytail that was like two ponytails were sticking out like antennas like she's just a doll and um I had this picture and the little girl was now like four years old no well she was like one and a half yeah so she was like almost four running around same little kid I was like you have the same face and I showed her the picture she's like yeah that's me and so I don't really know the story because it was mainly Hannah but I remember being there holding that baby and it was something along the lines of like she was infertile after that kid or she had miscarriages, something with her, like, fertility. Mm-hmm. And she was pregnant with her four-year-old. And she was, like, basically, like, this happened because of you guys, you know? And yeah. that shook me up as it was. I sent Hannah a picture in media. I was like, oh, my gosh, do you remember this? She was like, no way. I'm crying right now. Like, Oh, my god. So that was super special. Like like um, Testimonies like that where it was just very, like, you did this for me, but it's like, no, I didn't. But at the same time, they're just like, do you remember where yeah. I was when you were first here?
1: Yeah.
2: And I had that same feeling because it's just like, I'm sh- like you were saying where it's like, we kind of rely on medicine and stuff here. That was my mentality with my mom. Yeah. And then you go to Ghana and all you're doing is we're believing God. We're believing God. Yeah. And that sh- that's totally shook me up from that moment. I think that's why I was like, honestly, I did I was fine throughout the whole battle with cancer. I feel like everybody in my family did really well, but mm-hmm. um, I think, if I didn't go to Ghana, I don't know where I would be yeah. because um, that really taught me a lot. And I needed that. Yeah. But I spoke at one church. Bruh. We were <laughs> the girls and I got to this location for a service before my dad and some other dude. And so my dad was like 30 minutes late. Ghana traffic is crazy. <laughs> it is insane. Think about L.A. traffic, but way worse. The lanes are like half the size. Like you oh don't gosh. move at times of the day. So, my dad got stuck in traffic with the other guy, and we get dropped off in a freaking Uber. Like, we're not with somebody we know. Yeah. We're in an Uber, three girls by ourselves. We get dropped <laughs> off. This pastor's like, oh, come, you're with us, you're with us. We're like, okay. And they just throw us on the stage because they're waiting for my dad. Yeah. And so, I remember, like, Sam was so scared. It was her first time ever getting up there. And so, Sam's just like, <laughs> I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. <laughs> And then, like, Janelle went up there, and then I went up there, and I didn't have anything prepared. I was just yeah. like, um, we were not supposed to speak today. This was an outreach. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I started talking to them about, like, where I was when I first got there last time. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to them about how, like, my mom's healed now. And, like, I talked about how Pastor Eric prayed over her, and it was this whole thing. And it was just, like, I was up there for a minute, and I didn't even know I was going to be. But, like, <laughs> that moment I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, last time I was here, like, My life was so different. Yeah. And, like, these people taught me all I needed to know to, like, literally get through what I went through. And I told them that. I was like, it's because of you guys. I'm standing here. Like, it's because of you guys. My mom's fine. Yeah. And they were just like, you know, like, when you start talking like that in Africa, they get up and they start dancing down the aisles. And it gets crazy. Um, And then we all went on an outreach after. But, like, moments like that where it's like, dude, like, you can tie... The connections. Like, and yeah. not only just the testimonies, but also the relationships you've built. Like, I was really close with Leslie. I was really close with Nate. Um, Leslie's pastor, Eric's youngest son. Um, even Samara, that's their daughter. She was little when we went, and now she's, like, a total little preteen that was just, like, glued to my <laughs> hip. And it was so <laughs> fun. Like, I just love her to death. Um, but it's so fun because we became really close with them out of nowhere. Like, within 10 days, we were, like, inseparable. mm mm-hmm. And I think that's another reason it was so hard to leave. Like, I was just a wreck. I cried for, like, the last three days, both trips. This past trip, I think I cried more, actually. Isn't oh, that really? shocking,
0: hey, hey, <laughs> You'd be, like, more, like, comfortable. Like, oh, like, I'm, like, yeah, no, I know this now. I can not cry as much. Like, I know what to expect. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's weird.
2: Bro, it made me really dirty. <laughs> I was bawling. Like, Sam was even like, Are you okay? Like, you know what i She's like, kind of ready to go home a little, you know, we're going to yeah. never to And I'm just, like, <laughs> like crying <laughs> in the room every night, like, just because I was, like, dreading the goodbyes. And, um, yeah, I mean, but that just shows the relationships you build. It's crazy. You can build, like, lifelong relationships in 10 days. Yeah. Like, it's not logical. Yeah. And I feel like if you tell people that I have and they're, like, I don't believe you. But it's, like, dude, we left Ghana FaceTiming Leslie and Nate like, every day. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when COVID hit, because COVID hit right after – there we got to hear all of their experience about the lockdown, which is yeah. insane. Like, you would get shot if you walked out of your house to go to My the grocery gosh. store. People were starving to death. It was horrible. Like, we have no, nothing to complain about at all. Yeah. But um during lockdown, again, like, we would just be facing every single night. So, it's like, these relationships were planted, but we've kept investing into them. And so, coming back to those people and, like, seeing them at the airport, like, I was the first person to come out of the airport because the police were, like, looking through our stuff. Anyway, long story. Um, <laughs> I come running out of the airport, and Leslie's staying right there. And I'm like, oh, my God.
0: <laughs> and he's, like,
2: hugging me. And he's like, where's your dad? And so then he goes to talk to that, the police. But it's just, like, moments like that where it's, like, people who have never experienced it, obviously, are like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. But yeah. I'm just like, I'm home. Like, yeah. that's how it felt. Like, it was just, oh, coming back was phenomenal. Like, I just can't wait to go back again. It's a whole cycle.
0: So, we know your heart's for Ghana, but, like, is there any other mission trips you're, like, excited to go to, like, later on in your life you're, like, looking forward to?
2: Um, I've always wanted to go to the Philippines just because my mom grew up there. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Pastor Sammy um, Morris just passed away um, Oh yeah. So It was really it was a blow in our house, but um, really unfortunate. But he's with Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to go. I want to go to the Philippines. We really want to make that a trip soon. Um, I've heard about everything they've done there before. My brother, Jordan, got to go when he was 13. Um, they did an Elevate conference. Dude, they do conferences there. And our ministry in the Philippines is absolutely explosive. Like, it is massive. It is mm. huge. Thousands and thousands of people. Um, wow. And so I really want to go to the Philippines. I, I don't know when that's gonna happen I I think it will I want to be able to experience it with my mom yeah um because I've just heard all the stories my whole life um but man like I've really thought about there's some programs where like you go out there to Africa or any other country and you teach the kids English and mm-hmm. you know it's voluntary work but you get like their salary so that you can like you know you get their housing in the school you get the food Things like that, but the only programs I've seen are offered in Uganda, and quite honestly, I feel like a traitor going to another African country, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I really want to go. Like, I think that would be so fun for, like, three weeks, or, like, yeah. however long, and just, like, because for me, the 10 days is never long enough, mm-hmm. and everybody else is ready to go home but me. Like, I'm a wreck, and I would be totally fine there without my dad. Like, I I think he's freaked out by that, because <laughs> I've put myself in some dangerous situations, but, um, like, I... I it's not long enough. Yeah. And like the first time I went, they were like, Adam, let her stay a couple more weeks. Like she could stay in our house. And he was like, no, she started school. But okay, I'm in school, but I could stop taking, I'm in college. Like that's on me. Right. Yeah. And so I would love to like do something longer term. I wouldn't say long term. Like I, I'm a California girl. Like I couldn't <laughs> live there yeah. at least for now. Like I don't see that happening. I do see myself going for at least like three weeks to a month. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily going to be heavily like ministering. I think it would more so be like orphanages and kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know though. Like you know, like I'm not opposed to anything, but I've thought about going to Uganda. I've thought about going to Kenya just to do a program like that, like through a Christian nonprofit. Mm-hmm. But I can't get myself to not go to Ghana if I'm going to Africa.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, they but. find
0: out you're there and they're like, "What are you doing over there? Like, why aren't you with us?" Exactly. Yeah, they're like, "Come that's over here." Like, I'd rather be with them. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well,
0: that's cool. So, and um this pa- this past Sunday, you were talking of uh, telling the kids cuz we had the ministry. You were oh. telling oh, the yeah. kids a story. No, no, no. <laughs> and um <laughs> I want to hear it because I came in like the like the last half of it, and I was like, "What the heck just happened? <laughs> like, what are you telling the kids, bro? Wait." So, you don't have to share it if you don't want to, I will, but I it's
2: think hilarious.
0: everybody would love to hear that story. Okay,
2: well, this might screw my chances of ever going back by myself. <laughs> my dad knows already, though. So, um, okay, you have to know this about me: when you go to Ga- well, about Ghana, when you go to Ghana, the people are so cool. Like. Th- You don't meet a single person even if they're like cracked out on the street that isn't the most gracious human being you've ever met Mm. they're just it's a different breed I can't even explain it like the people are just so happy to see you especially Ghana because I hear in Nigeria it's the complete opposite which is very interesting I would like to go to Nigeria last question um (laughs) but yeah so I'm very trustworthy of Ghanaians, and I don't think that's smart of me but I can't stop myself because I love the country so much I can't see fault in these people And, you know, there's definitely sus people everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so um, I still like to believe that he wasn't sus. Just, it's not as bad as it (laughs) sounds. Whoa. Because, okay, like, all my friends there, like, have a standing joke about me the last time we went. Because, like, I was throwing my phone number out like nobody's business. (laughs) And if a little kid comes up to you, okay, you give them a new notebook and pens for school. And they run up to you and they say, auntie, auntie, auntie your number oh. you're not gonna say no and so they were my, Leslie and Nate were on me the whole time why, like laughing at me because I'm my phone number is just going out to all these people and I went to a skate park and all these guys that are like around my age like can I have your can I have your number and I was saying yes because like I can't say no to Ghanians and so um Leslie and Nate would just be like I saw you giving your number to that boy blah blah, blah. and it's like it's not like that they're just <laughs> Ghanians and so anyway um one of the last few days we were there we split up in two and half of our people went to a art market. So essentially that's kind of like, I like in TJ where there's like a strip of like sellers kind of, and you just buy souvenirs, right? So they all have like their little stands. There's an indoor one and there's an outdoor one. It's a huge plot of land. There's tons of people selling stuff. And they're like little shops. Um, and some of them are actually attached to houses. And so <laughs> when you first get out of the car and it's a crowd of white people, the people freak out and they swarm you all the merchants are not in their stores they're waiting for people yeah so they swarm your crowd grab you by the arm and they're like let me help you shop let me help you shop i'll give you good deals these are my friends right and so my dad literally gave us a speech to the car do not go with these people like you can buy stuff without your own without them on your own you can barter with the people they're going to give you a really high price because they can don't yeah. accept it that's like the mentality going in well psh- they're Ghanians, and I'm going to give them my money. Like, <laughs> I, for me, I'm not going to barter you down $5. Yeah. You know? It's stupid. So anyway, this grab, this guy grabs me. His name's Henry. And Henry goes, oh, like, what's your name? What's your name? He's with his friend, David. And I'm like, oh, I'm Abby. And he goes, oh, that's David. That's David, like, in the Bible. And I'm like, Abigail, oh. David. <laughs> and I was like, oh, heck no, right? Oh my and so gosh. they're like, come on, come on. We just want to teach you how to play the drums. And I'm like, okay yeah and so they took a few of us to this like drum store they gave us all a drum and they basically taught us a beat it was freaking sick and i have a video well <laughs> i thought that was it and i was like okay i'll tip you whatever like make me a little drum and i thought that I, henry was done right mm-hmm. henry grabs me he's like what do you want let me take you where, where do you want to go and i was like okay i want keychains so like okay i have a guy takes me so Long story short, Henry's with me for, like, a solid 30 minutes. And I think he's a genuine guy. Sweet man. Like, he never made me uncomfortable. He, like, he's, like, 45, 50 years old. And he, like, he was, like, oh, I have a guy that can make these bracelets for you. Like, let me go call. He had his phone number. He ended up coming through the next day, let me tell you, with my bag of bracelets. But anyway... (laughs) He goes, while we're shopping, I have no idea where my dad is. I have no idea where anybody is. I'm by myself at this point, separated from everybody with this African man named Henry in an art market. It doesn't sound great. He's like, what's your favorite animal? And I'm like, you know, I really like dogs. He's like, lights up. you like dogs? I'm like, yeah, I like dogs. And he's like, look, pulls out his phone. And lo and behold, he has a dog with puppies, right? And he's like, let me take you to my shop and you can meet my dogs. And I was like, uh... Like, okay! <laughs> so Henry's like, okay, come with me. I thought I was just going to be at a shop, open, everyone can see me. Yeah. No, homeboy takes me to a shop, walks me down through the back of the shop. There's this freaking dark hallway with no lights. No lights! A dark hallway, like, towards a house, I think? And... Like, dark. And so, once we started walking the hallway, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is my moment. Like, this is <laughs> when I die. In my head, those things were coming in my head. But I was like, I can't run now. Like He has one of his friends next to me. Yeah.
0: And oh so, gosh. I oh just.
2: <laughs> it was freaking scary, not going to lie. Like, in my head. But I was like, it's Henry. <laughs> and
0: then, in, like 30, 30 minutes. 30 minute though, Henry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so, then he was like, look, look. And it's pitch black. I'm like, where do I look? And he puts a flashlight on his phone lo and behold there's a full dog with puppies Aww. and i was like oh my gosh like can i take a picture he's like yes of course so i'm like petting the dog <laughs> taking a picture and he was like if you didn't live in america i would give you a puppy you're my friend and i was like oh too bad i can't bring a Ghanaian puppy home you know <laughs> so then i'm like walking out and as i'm walking out of this hallway into like where everybody is my dad's standing right there and my dad just like get over here and he like He's like, God, get away from her. She doesn't need your help. Blah, blah, blah. What are you doing with her by yourself? (laughs) And so um, even like Leslie was just laughing at me from the car. Just like she did not just do that. And so then I'm like, Dad, look at their puppies. (laughs) So anyway, my dad's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you trusted them, blah, blah, blah. And so anyway, Henry like ended up having to walk away. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Henry. (laughs) And so then the next day we come back to the art market with the other half of people. I went with my dad. I was like, I'm going to see Henry. And I was, they didn't finish my bracelets or whatever. I get there. Henry's right there. And he's like, my friend. And I'm like, my friend. And he ended up giving him my phone number too. And oh I invited gosh. him to church. <laughs> But that just proves, okay, I trusted this man. He never—he was the sweetest man ever. I still have him on WhatsApp, and I'll text him every now and then. Just be like, hey, Henry, thinking of you, praying for you, go meet my friends at their church. I send them the address. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that really freaked my parents out because they are just like, <laughs> you literally could have died. I was like, yeah, I know.
0: So did your mom talk to you about it, like, later on when you got back?
2: Well, I didn't tell her about it for a while. And then <laughs> once I was here, I was just laughing, and I was like, you want to know about my friend Henry? And I, like, told her about it. <laughs> And she was just like, I really don't need to know these stories. <laughs> and Jordan, it really triggered Jordan, man. He was like, I don't trust you there ever again. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whatever. Sounds that's
0: like my Jordan. friend, that yeah, sounds like Jordan.
2: I actually have a picture with him on my phone. I'm never deleting it. That's my friend. <laughs> Next time I go back, I'm like, hey, where's Henry?
0: <laughs> Bro, that's crazy. That's a cool story. I, I'm um, glad I heard the whole part of it because now it's way better for me to laugh at later on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so are the kids because they be, be like, yeah. I know. The kids heard at.
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> they're to remember got it that.
0: It almost got tooken.
1: <laughs> we were talking about how your dads
2: protect you. My dad, really full sense, was yeah. like, get away from her.
0: <laughs> that was funny. Well, now that we're kind of towards the end of this podcast, I think the last thing you really want to talk about is the um the connections you really made there with people. Like, now, I mean, You kind of already talked a little bit about it, but like, what are the things that still go on between you guys? Because like, I know you guys are still in contact, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's so, um, let me just tell you right now, I have never been a Snapchat girl. I do oh, not do Snap, no, right? Heck? In Ghana, that's all they use. They don't oh use text, God. they don't use iMessage. I have all their numbers on WhatsApp, iMessage, Instagram, for years. No, they all have Snap. So, let me tell you, I've had a <laughs> Snap streak with Nate and Leslie since I left. Well, actually, I had Leslie first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So, Leslie and I are at 252, so I what keep it with heck? him because... That counts how many days since I've been there. Yeah. Wow. Oh, Nate yeah. was a little late. I'm at 161 with Nate. Um, so we snap each other every day, but it's just like, what are you doing? You know? And, um,
1: yeah.
2: So that's super funny. The other day, actually, Leslie snapped me and he did braids in his hair.
0: <laughs> oh, what the heck?
2: <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, because I've never seen him like that. But um, That's crazy. Yeah, like we keep in contact like no other. And it's like, it's funny because, I mean, when I came back from Ghana, Leslie and I were having some deep conversations because Ghanaians are very, like, very, very, very deep with their theology in a way that, like, I feel like we don't really get that deep, mm-hmm. at least until, like, later on in life. Like, I feel like it, here, like, it comes later for yeah. some reason, and I feel like you would ask that kid anything about the Bible, and he'll have the answer, or he'll be like, oh, let me let me ask my dad. But normally, he has the answer, yeah. and so, like, we were just talking about scripture, and, like, he was just, like, shaming me with his knowledge. <laughs> I was like, this guy is ridiculous. So, I feel like the relationships have just been constant, like, trust and, like, I know this person is so wise beyond their years and, like, mm-hmm. they can help me understand things that I'm not going to understand in the Bible. And so, that obviously, like, builds relationships a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, you grow up in church and, like, with people in your church, they're like, they're my family, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've never, I feel like I'm closer with the majority of the people in my church than I am with actual distant family members, yeah. you know? and it's always been, like, a brain, like, like, it doesn't make sense to me why people, like, who don't have a church, like, how do you guys do life? Yeah. Because of the people in my life, you know? Yeah. That's kind of how I've always thought, like, in school, oh, I was just hanging out with, like, kids at school hang out with each other's families. What? That was not a thing for me. Yeah. Like, it's church people. I stopped going to high school because the, my relationships, I was taught at a young age, your relationship at school don't matter. You're going to be with your people from church forever, so you might as well just stop going to school. <laughs> that was kind of what it got to. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, wait, what was I saying? Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, that just shows that, like, I can't imagine not having a church family, right? And so now, that's years ago. Now it's just like, okay, God has added to that mix. And it's like, yeah. I how like how do people not have these relationships like I'm just so like obnoxious about it because it's just like it's such a treasure and not many people have that but to me it's just like it's a normal at this point Mm -hmm. but it's just become like the way you feel about your church people like oh like I mean I'll celebrate Thanksgiving with Joanello or I mean not Thanksgiving Christmas Eve or like um, like, different people. Yeah. I go to Manny and Julie's house for New Year's Eve. Or, like, Daisy. Like, yeah. I go to Daisy's house for New Year's Eve. And, like, things like that where it's, like, I don't spend those holidays with my family. I don't have a ton of family, but it's church family. Yeah, it's always yeah. been that way. Yeah. Um, And it's that same feeling. Like, if you haven't experienced it, that's what it is. Like, even the way we feel about Raul and Lupita in Mexico. Mm-hmm. It's family. Like, I don't see Raul and Lupita, like, just people from church. Like, no. Yeah. And so it's very, it's the same thing. Like, it's, like, I don't think Leslie and Taylor are like, oh, yeah, just some friend. and af- No, like, that's literally family. Yeah. And it's weird. Like, that's not something that's taught. It's really not. Like, that's just acquired. Like, that just happens. Mm-hmm. That's but, so cool. Yeah, yeah. special.
0: That's so sick. Well, I'm thinking of other stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm, like, distracted by this view, like, every it's second. It's so beautiful. It's so nice. I'd
1: rather I'm going to take your picture right now, and I'm going to post it on Instagram.
0: So, one thing that I thought was, I think, Ghana for me was really cool. I have my uh, my like opinions about the food mostly because I was like a, <laughs> like a freak with food. Like I think the only thing I wanted out there was McDonald's and they didn't have McDonald's, but they had KFC. The which KFC is great. Oh. KFC in Ghana is so much better than KFC over here. But oh I think God. the reason why is because they kill the chickens right there and then they cook the chicken, yeah. so it's all fresh. <laughs> like. They brought us food for, like, our first day there when we went to the church, and it was, like, fries. Oh, and, my God, I'll chicken, never forget that, too. And it was, like, the best meal I've ever had in my entire life yes. out there, dude. Like, I'll never forget it. And then there was, like, a burger joint. I, ne- I didn't even know they had burger joints yes. out there. And I was, like, in love. I was, like, dude, like, they just killed the cow right now. I swear. Like, <laughs> it's so good, bro. The only thing that sucks is they don't have, like, fountain drinks. At least not from when I was there. Like, they didn't have fountain yeah. drinks. Like, you had to actually, like, get canned sodas or, like, like glass bottles of soda. Which are bomb, but like I like my refills. (laughs) I like having to pay like an extra dollar. And that's just me. Like I was a guy who would like barter. I was like. 25 cents. I I went on a budget, okay? Like I went on a budget, so I had like only like $300 to spend that whole trip. And I was like. In Ghana. In Ghana. That's
2: 3,000 CDs. Yeah. It wasn't
0: clicky with me. I was bad there. I was so greedy. God God worked on me though. Now I'm a giving person. Out there, like I was mad at the people because they. Try to overcharge me on egg rolls, <laughs> and so me and Joseph started trying to fight them, dude. Like, like no, like give me my money back. Oh my gosh! And then uh, I think your dad came. And he was like, "No, stop! Just let him have That's the money." <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> my fault." But I I loved it there, and I think anyone who goes out there and like, and from what you've said this whole entire podcast, it's it's a different like, it's a different culture obviously, but it's a different atmosphere too. Like you enter in a different place where these people are. Their faith with God is almost heightened because of the circumstances that they're in. And it's so contagious because it just like it floods your heart. And you're like, dude, like you don't feel like shame, but you feel motivated to do better and then bring it back into your own culture, which is really cool. And that's what I felt. And obviously you did, too. And I think anyone who would go to Ghana, honestly, any place where there's like, you know, a lot of struggle because where there's struggle, you, you usually find faith. Mm. you'll you'll see so much of it and yeah. it's it's just so cool to hear stories especially yours because everyone knew how you were with like Ghana. yeah like so everyone knew like abby was it. a goner girl like <laughs> oh like you gosh. know like it was <laughs> hannah for like it was abby and hannah for a little bit and then yeah. hannah kind of like she g- got her own family and stuff like that and now was just <laughs> like abby like oh, the whole way but it it's really cool hearing your story and just all the great things like i mean we've kind of heard it before but not in that depth which is mm-hmm. really cool because it puts so much perspective into everything too but, um, I mean, is there anything else you want to add or, or anything like that before we close out the podcast?
2: Um, I just want to say everybody should experience a third world missions trip once in their life. And it's not for everyone. Okay. And there's definitely people that went that'll probably never think about going again, but they went. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, it's a sacrifice to go, obviously, but it really rocks your world and it'll change your entire mentality about God, about faith, about even about your daily life, about Mm. materialistic things, like, it rocks your world, and it's not just for the pictures. It's not just, and I think some people really thought, oh, I'm just going to go because it's a trip. Yeah. But then God really met them there, and they weren't expecting that. And I just, be, next time there's an opportunity and you feel a little nudge, like, be obedient because you don't know what that seed could plant. You don't know how it could wreck you. Like, it, seriously, like, no, and things are going to happen, If you're trying to go and things happen to try and deter you from going, you need to go. Yeah.
0: Oh, big time. Um, Yeah. yeah,
2: Just be obedient. And if you feel any nudge to go, even if it's Mexico, like even if it's across the border, two hours away, Mm -hmm. do it. We have people there. Like, it's so worth it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's so cool. Well, for everyone who's listening and, you know, just has a heart for missions or has a heart to just go out there and, you know, just do the Lord's work, definitely Talk to Abby if you find her anywhere, (laughs) and she'll give you, like, a three-hour spiel on, like, everything and, like, (laughs) the the coolest things. And um, we want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you for, you know, being with us, all of the people who are supporting us. Christina, number one, always goaded. Christina, thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) And, um, I mean, we just appreciate everything. We're going to try to do our best to get more stuff out there, but unfortunately, life does happen, sadly, and it does, like, kind of take away from some things, but we're going to try to stay... And be faithful. And, I mean, that's pretty much it. I know Abby has a um, – I'm going to do a little plug for Abby right now. Her brand. I know she's got, like, a little oh, thing she does.
2: Um, I just started doing flowers. I actually did John and Hazel's wedding. Yeah. Yes. That they're was super beautiful. cool. They were so good. At Flower Power Florals with hey, okay. no vowels in Flower Power. <laughs> <laughs> They'll put it there for you. They'll <laughs> put
0: it there for you. <laughs> Even I was like, wait, what? But that's so cool. Um, So – that's pretty much it for this podcast thank you everybody for listening um we will be putting out new stuff this week hopefully and i think the next thing i was thinking of doing for the uh win the world podcast is doing a little like like two minute interviews with people like their testimony really quick i think that'll be really cool just like little video ones so coming or i guess throughout the week just be expecting of that and um thank you so much guys peace out